Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. The train bound for Chicago pulled out of the station in Wakefield. Bill Meade watched through the glass until the figure of his fiancée, Peggy Douglas, became a tiny black dot on the lighted platform. Then he turned to the business of helping Aunt Mary get settled. The luggage was stowed away. Aunt Mary's coat was neatly folded, the lining side out and placed in the rack overhead. The problem of whether to go into the dining car for a cup of coffee was settled by a decision to wait for a while. Now the two sit facing each other with that feeling of sadness which comes from parting with loved ones even for a short while, combined with a tinge of excitement of having started on a journey. For a while they're silent, each preoccupied with his secret thoughts, lulled by the motion of the speeding train, the monotonous click of the wheels. Then their eyes meet in a warm, affectionate glance as Bill speaks. Comfortable, Aunt Mary? Would you like me to get you a pillow or something from the porter? No, thank you, Bill. These modern seats are really well designed. Just the right angle for relaxing comfortably. Yeah. The best ones are on a plane, though. You find yourself floating in the clouds in every sense. Never been up in a plane. I suppose I ought to try it sometime. I have a hunch you'd like flying, Aunt Mary. There's something about being up like that, looking down at things below. It kind of gives you a different perspective. I can imagine. Everything looks so tiny and neat. You can see a nice, simple pattern. <laughs> I always think if a guy could remember that there is a pattern when he gets back to the terra firma, it might help him a lot. Keep him from losing his grip when things go haywire. That's probably true, Bill. When one is right up against something, it's bound to loom larger than it really is. Yeah. Well, Aunt Mary, I hope this trip isn't going to wear you out. I feel sort of guilty for letting you come along. Well, Bill, once I make up my mind to do something, I'm not easily swayed, as you know. I doubt if you could have left me behind, even if you wanted to. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm darn glad you came. So am I. And I have an idea we'll accomplish what we're after. Besides, I'm looking forward to seeing Dell. Uh, you and Dell Shipley are good friends, aren't you? Well, I'm very fond of Dell. Oh, did I tell you I had a wire from her last night? Hmm? She wants you to be her guest while we're in town. Oh, no, Aunt Mary. No, you two will have a lot to talk over. You you wouldn't want to have me underfoot. You wouldn't be. Dell has plenty of room. And I know she'd love having you there. Well, yeah, Mrs. Shipley's such a generous person. It's just like her to do a thing like that. Asking me to stay with her, even though she hardly knows me. Well, Bill, I think Dell feels as if she knows you quite well. Remember when Peggy was in Chicago staying with Lily Devon? Dell was doing her best to keep an eye on Peggy then. And naturally, she heard quite a lot about you. Hmm. Yeah, and what she heard couldn't have been very good, considering everything that had happened. Dell was so happy to hear you and Peggy were planning to be married. And when she knows how important this trip of ours may be... I know she'll do everything she can to help us. Hey, she must be a pretty busy woman, what was running that nightclub. Yes, the Golden Peacock does take up a lot of her time. That's why she doesn't get down to Wakefield more often, to visit. No, she hasn't been down there since the supper club got underway, has she? No. And while I'm here, I intend to persuade her that she ought to have a vacation. <laughs> you know, Dell always pretends to be at a loss in the country. Hmm. But actually, she enjoys every minute of it. You know, the friendship between two women is different as you two. I mean, with such different backgrounds, 
Well, it's unusual. Don't you think so? I mean, Mrs. Shipley's a city woman, a nightclub owner. It isn't really odd, Bill. Underneath, Dell's just as gentle as can be. She's never let the sort of life she's lived change her. Well, goodness knows she's had a lot of hard knocks in life. Yeah, I'll bet she has. Chicago can be a pretty cold-blooded city. Any city can be, Bill. Where you have a lot of people, a lot of conflicting desires and ambitions and fears. Yeah. Gosh, Aunt Mary, sometimes I think I'm crazy thinking we can ever find Mario in Chicago. Just because the letter to Mr. McKillop came from there doesn't mean that he's still around. That's true, Bill, but somehow I have a hunch we'll succeed. Even if we do, there's still a question of whether I can talk him into going back home. Unless he still thinks he killed Carla. If that's the case, when he finds out she's all right, he might be willing to go back. Well, I doubt if Mario still believes he hurt Carla fatally, Bill. Seems to me he'd managed to find out what happened after he left. Living with a doubt like that would be unbearable for a man like Mario. Yeah, I guess you're right, Aunt Mary. Besides, he must have known Carla was alive. Or he wouldn't have sent that letter to Angus, deeding his sister their farm. Yeah, that's what worries me. Now, that letter giving everything away proves that Mario still distrusts Carla. Wants to make her suffer. If you find him, Bill... It will be your job to convince him he's wrong in thinking there was anything between you and his wife. Yeah, I know. And that's a pretty big order, too. Yes, it is, but it's terribly important. Even more so than you think. Well, Aunt Mary, Peggy's happiness and mine depends upon it. Our marriage, our future. Yes, Bill. But the future of someone else depends on it just as much. Sure. You mean Carla. Yeah, I hadn't forgotten her. Not just Carla, Bill. Carla's son. Or daughter. Carla's... Carla's gonna have a baby? Yes, Bill. Carla told me this afternoon. Well, then I've gotta find Mario. I've gotta tell him. But that's just the trouble, Bill. I gave Carla my promise not to let Mario know. If he does come back, Carla doesn't want it to be out of pity or duty. But out of love and trust. And at that same moment, as Aunt Mary and Bill sped toward Chicago in search of him, Mario Descari sat on the bed in the basement room he occupied, poring over copies of the Wakefield Sentinel. A look of loneliness, of longing for home in his eyes. Then the door opens abruptly, and Anna Bartok enters. She walks over to Mario, stands looking at him in angry accusation. So, that's what's been keeping you. I've been waiting upstairs for over an hour. Or maybe you forgot we were going to a show tonight. What's a rush? There's plenty of time. You and your Wakefield paper. That's all you do. Read it over and over. So what if I do? It's none of your business. I'm getting awful tired of your telling me it's none of my business. Then why don't you stop buttoning in? Look here, Anna. You and I made an agreement, didn't we? I was willing to clear out, but you didn't want me to. Now all you do is complain. What woman wouldn't complain, for heaven's sakes? All you do is sit around mooning, reading up on the social doings in that little hick town you came from, trying to find something out about that two-time and a wife. Shut up! See what I mean? Not even good enough to talk about her, huh? After the way she kicked you around. What's the matter with you, Mario? Haven't you got any pride? I left, didn't I? Yeah. You left. You've been wishing you hadn't ever since. The way you act all the time, it'd have to be a half-wit not to know what you're thinking. Then why don't you leave me and my thoughts alone? A man can't even be alone in, inside his head with you. All the time prying, complaining, nagging. 
thought you told me you knew a lot about men. I do. Then you ought to know better than I keep pestering all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The worst thing I could do, I know it. Why don't you get wise? Sorry, Mario. Never thought I'd be this way with any man. Watched other babes when they went overboard for a guy. I've seen them change, lose their pride. Never thought it would happen to me. But it drives me nuts. I think I'll go crazy when I find you all wrapped up in them papers. Every time it's like you slap me in the face. Because then I know you're thinking about her. About your wife, about your home, longing to go back there, wanting to leave me. I told you I'd never go back there. But you want to. Why you keep torturing yourself like this? Tell you I'm not going. It's all over. Finished. Say it again, Mario. Tell me you'll never leave me. I just told you. Look at me while you say it, Mario, please. Look at me and promise. Say, no matter what happens, no matter how much you think of it sometimes, you'll never go back. Please, Mario, say it. I'm never going back to Wakefield. Or to Carla. To your wife. I'll never go back to my wife. The words he'd just spoken had cost him an effort, but he meant them. For the jealousy, the hurt pride still tortured him when he thought of Carla and Bill Meade. It would take a great deal to make him forget, to make him believe again in his wife's devotion. Perhaps the knowledge that he was to be a father might accomplish this change, but Aunt Mary had promised Carla not to tell Mario. And so even if Bill found Mario, he might fail to persuade him he should return. <laughs> 